This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The fight between uh, the White Sox and the Indians uh, got a little expensive yesterday for a couple of players. One suspended six games, one suspended three games. Um, do you have any thoughts on uh, on the ejections and the suspensions and uh, everything that transpired after the weekend activity? Oh, it seemed pretty basic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the guy that got uh, the guy that got popped the hardest got the biggest suspension. Um, Tim Anderson got suspended for six games. Mm-hmm. Jose Ramirez is out for three games. Presumably, because this is what usually happens, uh, the managers each were suspended a game, and the Indian Cleveland's uh, third base coach was also uh, suspended for a game. All the parties involved uh, incurred fines. So you would you would think probably at some point in time somebody's going to appeal that, right? I'm sure yeah. one or two of those guys will yeah, probably, see if probably, they can get it probably, lowered. Probably all of them would appeal. Uh, I mean, what, if for nothing else, you want to stagger some of these suspensions so you're not missing all of these players sure. in the same three games. Sure, sure. There's only two players, wasn't it? Or two, was there more? Two, two players. Two players. Two players. One on each team? One, yeah, one on each team. So there's no staggering of players. Well, never mind then. Yeah. And then <laughs> I'm just... Ah, well, you had each manager suspended a game. Right, and no, I'm just third base frustrated with the whole thing. The, the White Sox did not have a good weekend, and it did, had very little to do with what happened actually on the field uh, between base paths and pitches and hit is hitting yeah. and catching for how bad their weekend was. Let, let me ask Monday you, was better. Let me ask you this. What what do you think the average height, and I, and I don't know the answer to this question, but just if you were to ballpark it, what do you think the average height of a major league ball player is? Six two, yeah, that's about yeah. what I would have guessed. Six two, okay. Because I was, I, I went back and and watched some more video of that of that fight last night after after the suspensions came down. And you mean the paper, the glass jaw that Tim Anderson had? Yeah, but during the literally got knocked over by a feather during the scuffle. Okay, and during the you know the harumping that was going on then after that, you know, and people squaring up and people trying to hold people back. I saw this figure come into play and it was one of the White Sox coaches and you know and I didn't know that he was coaching for him and it said it said on the back of his jersey Boston I'm like is that Daryl Boston and sure enough it was Daryl Boston they list him as 6'3 but man he looked so much bigger than a lot of those players when he was on the field and and Daryl Boston was a guy that he played for a number of different teams he played for the White Sox played for the Mets played for the Rockies played for the Yankees I mean, he hadn't played in almost 30 years. Um, and I'm not saying he could look like he could still play. He just reminded me of how big a guy. Because I think when he played, uh, at least early on in his career, he was he was bigger than most. And he was, you know, just kind of broader and, you know, not necessarily taller, but he was just a larger man. Because sometimes you could be 6'2 and be, not not that you're diminutive, but, you know, you're, you don't necessarily have a presence. He was always the guy that had had a little bit of a presence, but... Just never really delivered. You know, had a, had a lot of talent, but just had played in, in the big leagues for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, and you may not, you may not remember him, but I don't. Uh, as soon as I saw him, I went, 
Oh man, is that Daryl Boston? It just came in. And it's sure, sure, doggone enough, it was. But it's just, it just struck me how big he was compared to maybe some of the other players. Um, all right, uh, Zach Martin still in a stalemate with the Cowboys, and uh, his fines now have gotten up to six hundred thousand dollars, which can't be undone um, by by rule of the NFL of of, t- of players who are holding out that are under contract. So through yesterday, and I think it's fifty grand a day. He's he's incurred fines of six hundred thousand dollars that can't be rescinded. Uh, Jerry Jones has asked about this. He goes, if he was surprised uh, by him still holding out, he said, not really, not really surprised is really not the word there. It's very costly, and so that's where we are. Huge, significant ramifications by anybody's math. Um, he said that the, the Cowboys are treating Martin's absence like losing a player to injury and are prepared to start the season without him if necessary. This is from the uh, Fort Worth Star-Telegram. So you realize that not having him here it could happen on the next play, and you're not happy, so you got to put that one on and say, we'll just move on here without him. But you say, boy, that sounds concerning. No, I'm just trying to give you how you really have to look at it. I mean, it just seems, seems somewhat odd that the Cowboys just really – I mean, I get not – caving into him it's just when so many teams have done that so many times mm-hmm. especially for players critical as Zach Martin on your offensive line just kind of makes you wonder really really important part of that offensive line Jerry is really standing his ground so far you just wonder if this is going to be one of those deals that gets done right before start of the season and who caves yeah yeah yeah, so um, apparently the Cowboys have not heard from him at all. Um, there's no sign that Martin plans to report, and the Cowboys have no intention that the, that they've made outwardly of of renegotiating. Uh, Martin has two years left on his deal, wants more than the thirteen and a half million that he's due to make. He's eighth among guards in yearly average at fourteen million despite eight Pro Bowls and six All-Pros. Well, just like the ACC teams that signed a long-term contract, Zach Martin signed a long-term contract. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it is kind of what it is. Um, so you just kind of wonder, okay, well, what what will be the true impact of that when the games start? And it I'm would be about huge the, if you talk, don't have him. Talking about the real games. And you also, I mean, you want your offensive line building chemistry and sure. all that good stuff, so it's not like you just throw him in there and mm-hmm. he'll be fine, although he's played with those guys before. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a sense of what's going on there when he's when he's in the lineup, but still, I mean, you just go, like you said, I mean, you would, you would love for him to be in there because they've kind of revamped the offense a little bit. They're trying to protect <clears throat> Dak a little bit, some from himself in terms of, you know, getting picked off, uh, creating fumbles or fumble opportunities for him. You know, just that all that stuff increases if you don't have him. Cowboys will play Jacksonville on Saturday. <clears throat> It'll be an afternoon affair. We'll have it for you at uh, 3 o'clock <clears throat> here on Double T 97.3. So get your, uh, get your first look at him. I don't know how much of a look that we're going to have. Probably not much. Yeah, I wouldn't suspect there'd be uh... – 
too many first term teamers playing a lot of snaps yeah. in the first one of the my my, of this, it, of my guess season. is if Dak gets in, it's probably a series at best. Maybe at best. Yeah, and, probably so. And you know they're going to try to to manage that as as best they can. But still, that's a that that's really a, a concerning deal with the as far as the Cowboys are concerned. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the see what happens with them as the camp moves forward here. And if they, like you said, if they, who caves, uh, will be, uh, be most interesting to see which side, uh, which side kind of gives in a little bit. Uh, a couple of Cowboys have m- missed a little bit of practice. Tony, pa- because of birth of children, Tony Pollard missed yesterday. He went back to Dallas for the birth of uh, a baby. Don't know if it was a boy or girl. Cavante Turner, Turpin rather, he missed the start of camp for uh, the birth of his baby girl. Congrats to both so of them. So I think that's both excusable, you know, things there as far as that's as far as that concerned. Um, the tight end Luke Schoonmaker, the second round pick from Michigan, was taken off the non football injury list. He practiced for the first time. They're gonna ramp him up slowly. Uh, Coach McCarthy saying uh, when asked about how far behind he was said, we'll see. I mean, it's like every anything, every guy is different. You know, every guy's injury is different, but he's been in the classroom the whole time, so seems to have a relatively high understanding of what's being asked of him. But I think the key is see if he can apply it and get up to the speed of the game. No word on what his non-football injury was. But that's concerning. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, Robert says this. He thinks that uh, Zach Martin is threatening retirement. Okay. Uh, somebody else says, is there a Mrs. Martin? How does she feel about losing 50 grand a day? I'm guessing she's not very happy about it. Can't imagine she would be. Or even if there's a girlfriend Martin, you know, or even Mama Martin or any Martin that would be kind of on the payroll, so to speak, of Zach Martin. Because, you know, I would hope Zach Martin isn't happy about losing 50 grand. It doesn't seem to be concerning to him. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. For this day in sports history, today is August the 8th, 2023. Here is Jeff McGuire. Going to start us off in 1920. Because the Tigers and Yankees played a one to nothing game. While this in itself would not be that big of a deal, it was the shortest American League game ever. Mm. The game took a grand total of 73 minutes. Well, they must have been anxious. You know how we were talking earlier about the the three game lead for the Astro for the Rangers over the Astros and how it had gotten down to a half a game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you, do we feel good about a three game lead if you're the Rangers? Better than a half. Well, you shouldn't, because on this day in 1930, okay, <laughs> the St. Louis Cardinals are 12 games back in the National League. Okay, this is a time when there were just two teams mm-hmm. that went to the playoffs which was eventually the World Series. They would end up going to the World Series. So Chuck shouldn't feel better about three. They'd be better off at a half? Shouldn't feel good about three. Even 12 isn't safe at this point in the season. Okay. There's plenty of teams that have blown leads, the 64 Phillies. I think you should feel good if you have a lead right now. Doesn't mean you should feel like we got this money in the bank or anything. I think... 
part better of my, than being behind. Yeah, I think part of my point too was you got to within a half and and you you didn't give up the lead. You you hung on to it and you now you've reeled off again. You've not played you know the top of the teams, but you at least won seven in a row. I mean that's nothing to sneeze at. No, not at all. I'd, but twelve isn't safe either. <laughs> okay, is my only point. 1931, Washington Senators pitcher Bobby Burke. No hits the Boston Red Sox 5 to nothing at Griffin Stadium in Washington, D.C. So they're my team. I wear this with pride, I guess. However, on this day in 1976, the Chicago White Sox wear shorts. Yeah. <coughs> well, those were hideous. A year later in 77, the Texas Rangers turned their very first triple play against the A's. Ironic, okay. since they are playing them this week. 1988, Cubs and Phillies attempt to play the first night game ever at Wrigley Field. However, they were rained out in the fourth inning with Chicago leading 3-1. to one. It's a bad deal. On the same day, the Minnesota Twins pulled their second triple play of the year in a 6-2 win over Cleveland. 1992, the original U.S. Dream Team wins the basketball gold medal at the Barcelona Olympics, 117-85. Superstars Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, among many others. Christian Leitner. Win the gold. <laughs> and on this day in 2021, U.S. women's basketball team wins its record-extending seventh consecutive gold medal with a 90-75 to win over Japan in Tokyo. It is National Frozen Custard Day. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah. Happy birthday, former Red Raider basketball player Mike Davis turns 32. Roger Federer, 42. Dustin Hoffman, 86. And Anthony Rizzo is 34. And I'm just going to set up what happened on this day in 1974. But Chuck will do a much better job of describing it. Oh. President Richard Nixon, sitting behind the Oval Office, yes. addresses the camera and resigns. Effective noon tomorrow, I shall resign the presidency of the United States of America. And that's this day's sports history. Vice President Ford will be sworn in at that time. Um, I wonder how the Boston Red Sox felt on uh, July the 19th, 1978, Jamie. They, uh, they were up 14 games on the New York Yankees mm. at that point in time. It's a bad deal. Bad deal. The Yankees would come back to tie it and win it. Bucky Dent. And go on to win the World Series that year. And to go back to back, 77 78 mm -hmm. for the Bronx Bombers. 6.50 this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments. Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to WT973.com for that or the mobile app. Uh, seeing this for the first time, this is a report from The Athletic. Uh, this is uh, a report from. Uh, Max Olson from The Athletic uh, saying that uh, rumors 
uh, about San Diego State and Oregon State coming to the Big 12 have hit a massive roadblock. <laughs> the Big 12 is not discussing adding Oregon State or San Diego State at this time to conference sources tell the athletic. Okay. So it sounds like it's just uh, smoke without fires of right now. Uh, both those schools obviously are going to be looking for homes. Um, Oregon State is, well, Oregon State's looking for, and San Diego State has a home in the Mountain West. And they they left for just a brief period of time, and then they went back to Mama after they, they said, eh, my, my uh, opportunity over here maybe not going to be going to happen like I thought it was, so I'm going back. Back to the Mountain West. Me sorry. Of all the things that have happened this off season, <laughs> feels like that maybe was the strangest trip there. Sure. For San Diego State. Sure. They tried to save themselves seventeen million dollars because they thought they were going to get an invite to uh, the Big Ten or the mm-hmm. Pac to the to the Pac twelve. Oh, Pac twelve. Pac twelve. Well, they could, probably could have it now. I would imagine prob- there will be some sort of collaboration. There's plenty of plenty of openings, you know of. Mm-hmm. For logos there in the in the Pac-12, it, the, the, it seems it would seem like it would be pretty likely that the Mountain West would swallow up those four teams if they wanted. But I'm sure Cal and Stanford would be going like, "Hey, we need more. We needed more than 20 million. What are you guys going to offer? You know, they can't offer. They're not going to offer that kind of money. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is. Who, whomever gets added, Stanford, California, Oregon State, or Washington State, n- none of those teams really are sexy. You know, maybe if Mike Leach was still at Washington State, that would be attractive to to somebody, but a coach is not going to be the difference between being one conference versus another. Mm-hmm. I just wonder a little bit about, I mean, about Cal. Just their their care just seems so incredibly low. I just don't think they're attractive to anyone, I guess. Um, Stanford, different deal. I mean, obviously they play a ton of different sports. They just haven't had a – I mean, besides college baseball recently, women's basketball, they're mm-hmm. always good women's basketball. They, You know, football, men's basketball have just taken a step back over the last four or five years, and um, I just don't think they're really attractive either. But obviously you get the history and prestige that is Stanford. I get that. Um, but no, I mean, it's definitely not a fit in the big 12. Yeah. Um, somebody off the uh, chat line says this, and in other words, ESPN and Fox said no additional money. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes you wonder what inside info San Diego state had when they retracted that statement. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Robert, our Yankee fan, Bucky freaking Dent is what people in Boston call him and maybe not even quite that nice former texas ranger bucky Dent. bucky Dent, right i was devastated when the yankees traded him to the rangers yeah, i'm sure right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um 654 this morning here on the morning drop man i just it that's one of those moments where you never forget where you were if you saw that um you know you could just kind of you could just kind of not that you saw that coming bucky Dent hitting the home run but you know once the yankees came back and Tied it and forced the 163rd game, even though the game was in Boston. Man, it sure felt like the Yankees had momentum on their side without any question, and and uh, went on to win. And then they won the ALCS in four games that year. Didn't took didn't made real quick work of the Royals that year. So, and then they went on to the World Series and won it. 
Boy, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Mind-numbing. How he can't score more than a run against the White Sox. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to understand this text here. Mind-numbing that they value the Bay Area's over Oregon State and Wazoo for the ACC. Far more passionate and interested in paying fans in Pacific Northwest remaining schools. Maybe so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, then uh, then Cal and Stanford. Just maybe more eyeballs there and with Cal and Stanford than with Oregon State and Washington State. Mm-hmm. Probably without any question. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. He says this, uh, you know, it's kind of sports and Garth Brooks related here. He says the south end zone is looking great. They've got all the heavy equipment out of the bowl, except for what is piling up the dirt. Looks like they are just pouring concrete from above now. Also, thanks for the dance, one of the best songs ever put out by Garth Brooks. Mm. Did you see the story yesterday about Vanderbilt football? I did not. They are also doing upgrades on their football stadium. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Apparently, you've had bad weather and issues there. Uh, This sounds unfortunate. Not going to get done in time. They are playing at the local high school. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Until it gets ready. Oh, my goodness. So, the problem there, the really devastating issue there, Mm -hmm. is not that it didn't get done in time. It's that they can go play at a high school stadium and be good. And be good. Yeah. Yeah. That like, won't oh, go. no problem. We'll just head over here. Yeah. How's that going to go over in the SEC? Yeah. I mean, we joked yesterday. That right. We did. W- about yes. going to P- uh, Plains Capital Park. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But if worse came to worse, couldn't get the season over, you imagine they'd call uh, Jerry to see if we could play there or play at an NFL stadium, right? Yeah. I don't know what. Maybe you go up, maybe you go up to uh, Canyon and play at West Texas a and They've got a new stadium up there. but How big? Well, it's not big enough. Yeah, or ACU. I mean, that's not yeah, big enough, right? That's not big enough. Yeah. It's beautiful, though. I've spent a lot of time at ACU's campus last weekend. There's, a, yeah. It's a beautiful campus. It really is. All right, speaking of high school, uh, Coach Joey McGuire was asked last week uh, during his you know, uh, opening press conference for the season for fall camp, is there anything that he can use from his time at Cedar Hill to guide his team here in year two? of his uh, head coaching reign at uh, Jones Stadium and uh, Texas Tech University. I'm going to lean on it a lot, you know, because we have been, you know, a part of that in both ways, Um, meaning we met the expectations, and I can go back and look through uh, different years, 2009, uh, West Texas' own Steve Warren uh, beat us in round three. They actually made a movie about it. they portray us as such like almost the Dallas Carter. We both were undefeated. So I always remind Steve, bro, we were both undefeated. You had a good football team. Um, you know, so I start thinking about both. Like um, in 2006, we had 18 starters back um, and went 16-0. and 0. In 2023, we have 18 starters back from a bowl game. And, um, you know, and so you, you can compare those things of, of like – because at the end of the day, I don't care how old you are, you still handle expectations a certain way. You know, you luckily I've got a lot more gray hair, so I've got a lot more experience of handling that stuff. But, 
you still have to find a way for young people to manage those expectations. My biggest deal for me is keeping them focused week to week and then also not allowing the pressure to uh, be more than what it should be. You know, there's good there. Uh, CJIU always says pressure is a privilege, and so we want them to understand that. But we're going to leave this building every night during camp, and we're going to laugh. We're the last thing that they do before they leave this building, and they're in here a lot during camp, is we're going to be laughing about something. I've already got jokes planned out that have been planted. A lot of them are about the coaching staff, and so we'll laugh about that. Hayden Wigington's going to kick us off tomorrow night with some of his songs, and we'll have some freshmen sing along and all that stuff. But we're going to walk out of here laughing and trying to alleviate, alleviate some of that pressure um, on our players, you know, and uh, it's our job to, to make sure we're doing that. But I'm going to lean on it a bunch because I've been really lucky to be a part of some really good football teams. Well, and the pressure got ratcheted up a little bit yesterday, maybe, or maybe self-pressure just from the standpoint that you're ranked in the coaches' poll and, and a preseason ranking for the first time since 2008. I'm sure that did not go unnoticed inside that building and probably maybe as a way to try to alleviate uh, some of that pressure or, or redirect it or just maybe just flat-out managing it. Yeah, I wouldn't think you would have to be dealing with pressure at rank number 24. I mean, if you're ranked number one or yeah. top five, maybe you feel like there's pressure. But at 24, I think that's the perfect combination of, um, you know, hey, they think they're good. They're showing us some respect. We get mm-hmm. to get a little promotion out of it. But at the same time, it's not like they're expecting us to be in the college football playoff. So I feel like I feel like there's a big difference there, the pressure that comes with being a – top five or a number one team compared to hey we just barely made the poll okay i mean i guess i just look at it just from the standpoint of you know you you've you've not been ranked uh and i mean those guys are probably very aware of the fan excitement and sure, engagement sure. i i think that puts more pressure yeah the fan excitement mm-hmm. that part of it with the expe- expectations that our fan base has i think that puts more pressure than a number 24 ranking okay. well and to be clear it's preseason ranked sure you've had rankings since 2008 2009 yes. was ranked yes yes you just haven't had the been on the preseason right. poll for either the ap or the coaches poll right right that's that's fair it's just with and and just you know just you have a it's it's a completely different off season than what we've experienced here in the last you know four or five. I mean, and last year we experienced some of this. I was going to say we yeah, it feels last, a lot very similar to last year. Yeah, I just think it's I think it's ratcheted up even more. Yes, from, I agree. From, from from last year, but certainly certainly last year was a precursor to what and and you hope you get to can continue to experience this where you go twenty fourth. That's that's. I'm sure some people. I'm sure over at the football building, they'd be like, "Hey, you know, being being where we are right now, that's probably about what we deserve." Um, but then, you know, like you can't just like 24th, man. I want to be in the top 10, or I want to be in the sure. top 15, or I want to be in the top five. Okay, got it. Uh, I understand that. That takes uh, takes a lot of investment from uh, a lot of different a lot of different angles, and kind of look at at what you've done. Uh, with your football complex over the last, let's just say, 10 years, you know, in terms of adding the indoor facility and now what you're doing in the south end zone and what you're going to do with your football uh, building itself and 
the investment that you've made in coaches and additional staff and technology and all those things. And that, there's no, <clears throat> there's no question that uh, that you've you've made huge huge strides. Uh, and then you and then you kind of just take a step back and look at the stadium when Zach Thomas was playing here, and it's a completely different stadium, completely different area. I mean, the the field's the same. Some of the stands are the same, but, you know, the press box and the amenities and the weight room and nutrition and all that kind of stuff um, is, uh, is stunning. All right, Jamie's question of the day is next. I uh, still want to hear a comment from uh, defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter. We'll get to that. And also uh, Zach Kitley, the offensive coordinator. The uh, comment that Coach Kitley is going to be make is uh, the uh, quarterback runs and uh, what part of the game plan is that this season. So... I think you'll find that uh, interesting, maybe somewhat enlightening. Uh, 7.25, Jamie's question of the day, though, first. And that is next this morning on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. You can add to these if you want but two good really good rivalries are coming to the conference right Mm -hmm. arizona and arizona state are coming into the conference Mm -hmm. and two teams that haven't been in the same conference together byu and utah Mm -hmm. okay that those are going to be great rivalries that that move into our conference but i want you to take a team from the old big 12 and i want you to take a team from the new big 12 i want you to find where do you think there's a potential for a really good rivalry? Mm. And, and it can involve Texas Tech if you want. Which schools do you think will end up being rivals in this conference? I, I think uh, there's a connection between West Virginia and Cincinnati. Um, Bob Huggins. The battle for Bob Huggins. battle for Bob Huggins' soul, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been great uh, if he'd have been still there, but that's that's not the case. Um, Would it though? <laughs> well, I just, Would it have been great, or is, are we better off with him gone? Probably better off with him I, gone. I think we're better off. With yeah, him probably gone. better off with him gone. Um, I was trying to see if there was somebody with like Oklahoma State if they would rub somebody raw the wrong way. Um, you know, maybe maybe Oklahoma State and Houston, but. I don't know, just hard for me to get all kinds of excited about anything with regard to Houston, you know. Um, as far as uh, as far as the Red Raiders are concerned, um, I I think I think the uh, the Arizona schools, but I don't know if there's any quote hatred there um, between between those. I don't know if there's anything there that would just kind of kind of give you the reason to immediately dislike them. Um, I, I, I'll say uh, I'll say on one end, West Virginia, Cincinnati. I know you told me one, but I'm gonna go two. And then from a Texas Tech standpoint, I'm gonna say Tech and BYU. I think that could be a pretty good rivalry in all sports. Okay, what do you see about BYU? That you- I don't know, just the 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 national kind of school that they are because of the Mormon faith and. You know, we've always kind of had this angst because they won't play on Sunday, and why should we kowtow to them? Um, and um, you know, they're they're they've gone from being an independent to 
you know, they've they've won, they've had success in football, mm-hmm. you know, at the highest level before, albeit it's been a long time. Uh, and, I, and I bet you their fans will rise up and uh, have a, a bit of an air to them. I seriously had forgotten all about the BYU Sunday thing. Now I'm even more disappointed the Red Raiders don't get to play them in baseball this year. Um, just to be clear, we're talking like the 8-8 eight and eight for new Big 12, old Big 12. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then I'm going to go the chance for the biggest rivalry will be U of H Tech. That it's going to, I can see it being a very early version of Texas and Tech where we're the Texas in this, in this conversation of the, the big brother, little brother and not liking each other at all. That that kind of feeling goes for it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I also think U of H could do that with the other three Texas schools just as well, too. Um, but I, if we're going new old, that's the one I would pick. Other three Texas schools? Who am I missing here? Baylor, TCU. Oh, I'm sorry, the other two. Yeah, thinking I, of the four, the the three the three Texas schools that you become a rival with. Okay, so I agree with you on Tech and Houston. It feels like that's going to end up being a rivalry. Yeah, it it does it does feel that way. The other one that jumped out to me that I thought, I mean, they've played in recent years, and I just wondered the religious parts of it is is Baylor BYU. I don't know. It just felt like to me, you know, that those were two two uh, entertaining games the mm-hmm. last few years, and it just feels like to me that one could 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 become a good rivalry. I think the one that you touched on first, the West Virginia and Cincinnati, that feels like a no brainer to me. Yeah. That feels like that will proximity happen. Proximity and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that feels like that will happen. Mm-hmm. I could also um, see uh UCF and U of H. I know they're the two they're two new schools coming in. Mm-hmm. But that can I there's a lot of similarities between those two programs with regards to not not size but clout, I guess the way to put it, that they're trying to punch up in their own state sure and and gain some respect and if they are playing each other semi consistently then it's going to be think tech oklahoma state kind of building up yeah somebody said on the chat line said uh tcu in in utah and i think that's a good one i I think that would be a good one as well tcu and byu were brought up as well Mm -hmm. and then uh byu and arizona state sun devils so that could be something there. Um, Robert says Colorado versus BYU as opposed to the made-up Colorado versus Utah by the Pac-12 conference. Okay. Uh, this wasn't an ASU that dissed on West Virginia prior to their joining the Big 12. I think that could turn out to be a pretty heated rivalry. And see, and it's so funny to me that we've. It feels like it's everything's chippy with West Virginia against West Virginia with us. I would have never seen that coming. Coming into the yeah, yeah coming right, into the Big right. Twelve conference, no, yeah, just no, I never knew. So. Mm-hmm. You know who knows across the board in all sports. It feels like too, right? Yeah. It's not just yeah. like no. baseball or just football yeah. or just basketball. No, it's across the board. Yep. No, we had a, you know, you've had incidences with football and you know and men's basketball and women's basketball and you know handshake line was not was not pretty a number of years ago. I wasn't at that game, but. You know, we had an assist, uh, interim coach that exchanged unpleasantries with Mike Carey. Oh, women's basketball. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think I slightly remember that. Yeah, now. and so, 
I mean, it's just not anytime you go up there. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's interesting. You know mm-hmm. that from uh, you spent quite a bit of time up there with uh, with baseball and what you've seen. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I guess they promoted their assistant. Like he's the coach in waiting. Is that right? From Randy Mazie? Yeah, Mazie's got one more year. He's got one more year. Mm-hmm. They gave him a raise to leave, uh, and then they then they're elevating the, his assistant. Okay. I mean, he's getting a little more money. Uh, so, sure. Uh, this somebody said, and I'm not aware of this. UCF and Iowa State have beef with each other right now. Okay. Okay. What's that about? I don't. I don't know. Uh, can Iowa te- State? They just. I feel like Iowa State's just been completely forgotten lately. Just haven't thought about them much at all. Yeah. No. I mean, and, and it goes to show you yeah. they've their football has fallen off, and so. Uh, and 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 basketball too. I mean, um, you know, they were always a, a very much a contender. There, it was. It's still hard to win there. Uh, they've just kind of fallen off the the path a little bit uh, when you consider what Tech has done and what Baylor's done uh, in recent years. So, kind of feel like that. And K State too, for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. What they have done as well. Uh, this TCU and Utah were Mountain West rivals. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU and yeah, and somebody else said that too when TCU left for the Big Twelve. So they've got some history. Yeah, I don't. So I don't uh, know how much history? Going back to your comments, uh, somebody says on the chat line, sounds like Chuck has a rivalry with BYU. Yeah, I got a little bit of a rivalry. He's still there. been out of shape over that yeah. whole Sunday yeah, thing. Well, It'll be interesting to yeah, see yeah. how the conference handles it. Right? It shouldn't mm-hmm. affect basketball because. You conclude your basketball tournament on Saturday, although mm-hmm. that's going to be more difficult to do with more teams in the conference. Are you starting on Tuesday now like the ACC does or the Big East or mm-hmm. used to do whatever? Um, uh, baseball, I just I just don't think it's that big of a deal. You play Thursday, Friday, Saturday series when you play BYU. I, I mean, for me, I love that. Okay. You I would a day bet off, the, yeah. I, I would bet some of the coaches do too. Sure. The scheduled – Games don't bother me. Having to move a baseball yes. Big Twelve championship game. Yes. Yeah, I wonder what they do there. That, that yeah, that I agree that would with bother Jeff. me. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I wonder what they'll do. Yeah, I'm all for working with a regular because season you can't. Schedule. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna move it. Like, well, if BYU's in, we're not gonna play Sunday. We're gonna play. No, you're gonna schedule it to end on Saturday. Somehow. Would you be up for a um, Friday doubleheader and a Saturday single game? Uh, I wouldn't prefer that. Okay. I would prefer the Thursday, Friday. Thursday, Friday, so. Saturday. Okay. Yeah. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Thank you for being with us. Start of Hour 3 of 3 today on the Morning Drive on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to hearing from you throughout the day today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to doubletea973.com for that on the mobile app. Visual Edge IT hotline is open too at 806-771-0973. I heard you chatting yesterday with uh, Clint Scott on the bottom line. Never heard of him. And uh, about your your hike. <clears throat> Your latest hike in which you went to 17,000 feet. and some no, 13,000. It was 13. 17 miles of hiking. 17 miles of hiking. Mm-hmm. 10 hours to excursion. 13,000 feet. But I didn't get a picture. 
I didn't get a picture from the mountaintop. Okay. Yeah. Usually, 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 you guys send me one to kind of, you know, show me that you were what you did, that okay, you did it, that, that you accomplished it, mm-hmm. that you got out and hiked amongst them. Did you run into people on the trail? A few. A few. Okay. Did you, did you uh, exchange pleasantries or, you know, share your water or any of your? I didn't need to share any water or rations or anything like that. Okay. No, no, I don't think there's. Yeah, oh, very nice. No, that's a good looking picture there. Yeah, sure. Was it cold up there? Oh, yes, extremely. <laughs> Was it like hey, below below 30 or? I would guess, yeah, I would guess he's okay. below 30. I mean, got to have winter hats and gloves. Yeah. And What's, what was the jacket. ground temperature? It was like. Mid 80s. Uh, that's crazy. Then yeah, you go f- yeah. You know, you go from the mid 80s to, uh, to 30 right. degrees. Somebody wants to know what peak did you climb? Wheeler Peak in Taos. It's Wheeler Peak. It's the tallest peak in New Mexico. Wow. Yeah. So I've not, I've knocked out both the tallest in Texas and the tallest in New Mexico. Where's next, the Pikes Peak or something like that? I don't know, I don't know. Can you? Well, you'd have, you'd walk, you wouldn't walk up the road on Pikes Peak. You, you'd, you'd walk the, the trail. Oh sure, sure, but well, that would be boring. Yeah, just walk the That'd road. Be just walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just be walking. It's not hiking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It probably will be next summer before I do another big one. Okay. Uh, somebody wants to know if you've ever climbed Mount Elbert in Colorado. I have not. Are you have you are you familiar with that mountain? I am not. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm. Uh, D-Rock says, nice. Taos is where my wife went on our honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I hope she enjoyed it. Man. <laughs> did you go too, D-Rock, or did yeah. you just send her off on the honeymoon? It's a you weird. You went and played golf somewhere. It's a weird drive. I, I, it's amazing to me and you know been in albuquerque and mm-hmm. other places in new mexico but it just feels like um like every city you drive through is just old and run down okay to get there depressing just, yeah kind of mm-hmm. i mean it's like a i don't know it just feels like a different country in new mexico it really okay. does okay. to me it okay. just feels so different yeah. Well, D Rock does report that yes, he and That's he good. went too. That's okay. good. Glad I'm, to hear. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you. Glad you do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Robert says this. Jamie, it sounds like you're in real good shape. Yeah, I would. It was tough. I would say it was so. Tough. That That's the same hike that Choice and I did. Oh, okay. 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 Where, where, um, just the altitude really had kind of caused choice some issues and i mean it was hard it, it was really hard and i'm a little bit heavier than i was the last time i did it mm-hmm. and um you know ever since i've had covid my you know i don't i don't feel like i my conditioning has been the same your lung okay. capacity correct yeah and so um it was it was a struggle was, i was pretty proud of my 15 year old to to make it, it good was, for her yeah she she did great and um, but well, it was, you too. I mean, that's. I mean, it was tough. Yeah, that's good. It, it was tough. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. It is really hard. Somebody says this: New Mexico is the third world state. It's yeah. just different over there, it's, and there, and there's speed limits. Just. Yeah, the um, the mm-hmm. missus wants to go to Santa Fe, and, and you know, it's, I think my brother-in-law and his wife went there, and some other friends went there, and I, I, I said, so what? 
what are they doing? She goes, that's what people do. Okay. <laughs> they go to places and they travel and they yeah. experience things. Uh-huh. That's not what we do, but yeah. that's what other people do. Yeah. And then I was talking to a friend of mine uh, one one day and he and his wife were out of town. I had a business question for him. I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, we're going to Santa Fe. And I'm like, oh my God, everybody's yeah. going to Santa Fe. Yeah. I think a lot of people go there. Yeah. Uh, North New Mexico is crazy. Someone got busted there a few years ago training kids to be in a militia. <laughs> Another person wants to know if you've climbed Mount Albert. You're going to have to investigate Mount Albert. Yeah, I need to. Yeah. 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 Uh, what was your thought on this uh, Oriole broadcaster? His name is Kevin Brown. He not that is, Kevin Brown. Right. Not that Kevin Brown, mm-hmm. but the broadcaster Kevin Brown. He has uh, been suspended from the Baltimore Orioles broadcast. And for all we know, all it was, was back on July the 23rd, they were playing the Tampa Bay Rays, and he noted that the Orioles had won as many games at Tropicana in 2023 as they had in the past three years combined. There was a graphic on the television screen that accompanied his commentary, which is how they do it in the TV business. Well, apparently... um, (laughs) One of the Angelos, um, John Angelos, so I'm guessing is Peter's son, uh, took issue with that. And since that time, he's not appeared on the television broadcast. He's had one uh, radio gig, and he has been with the Orioles uh, since 2019. And while, generally speaking, if you're the broadcaster for a team and for the home team, you try to speak as glowingly as you can, but also you're, you know, you want to point out from time to time, maybe the history, especially the Orioles have been so bad for so long. It's not like he just, it's not like he threw a bunch of dirt on them either. His point of saying how bad they had been was how that had changed this year. Right, right, right. I think this is crazy. I think this is just absolutely. Do you think there's something more here or do you think this is it? I think it's possible that there's something more, um, but I just, I don't know, man. Some people are super sensitive. And I mean, if this, I don't know, maybe this, like you said, one of the Angelos didn't, didn't like this guy, didn't, didn't like his attitude and other stuff. I don't know. And they're using this for an excuse mm-hmm. to get rid of him. I'm, I'm not really sure. But I mean, if you listen to and watch the little snippet that you can find easily on social media, um, Again, he's saying, yeah, we've been really bad here at Tropicana Field, but that's changed this year. We've won three out of five games and mm-hmm. hadn't won that in the last five years combined or whatever. And, um, I mean, that's I mean, that's showing the negative to, to push forward the positive, mm-hmm. which is you're so much better this year. Sure. It's a new era, a new day. This season we've turned it around. All that's positive. Um, it just, it does feel like there's something else to this, but man, I I mean, everybody wants to cancel somebody, Yeah, you know, everybody wants to cancel, you know, anybody who has a different opinion or view or whatever. And it, it just, I don't know. It just feels like to me, there's gotta be something else. Michael K, uh, the, uh, Yankee broadcaster. I mean, every every broadcaster across America it feels like a play-by-play baseball guys last night were taking shots at the Orioles yeah, about it. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how you walk it back if you're the Orioles now. Right, right. No, that's right. No, that's exactly right. It's like 
And this poor guy, I mean, there's, as you well know, there's, these jobs are, are very limited. And once you get one, you try to do everything you can to hang on to it, especially at the major league level. Um, He's also pretty good. So he, if he was let go, his phone uh, would ring and he'd yeah, have he'd a new option. gig somewhere else, but I'd still want him to sue the Orioles. Oh, yeah. sure. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.